is Bloomberg Surveillance. Brexit really is a structural issue, and that is if Britain does leave the EU, what sort of events will that trigger? In the Phillips curve, you have an inflection point, and the inflection point is when you hit full employment. The market's going to be volatile if the Fed raises rates because the majority of investors out there, quite frankly, haven't been through a regular cycle, and because of that, they're going to be reactive and probably sell stocks. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keane. Bloomberg Surveillance from our road headquarters in New York. We say good morning to all of you worldwide. Ian Bremmer will join us here in a moment with Eurasia Group. Looking forward to a discussion on the American politics and the ramifications of our international policy, our international uh, relations. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning brought to you by Invesco. Looking for investment views, experienced experts. Or just to click away, go to Invesco.com slash U.S. To subscribe to the Invesco blog and follow at Invesco U.S. out on Twitter. A churn to the markets. Foreign exchange speaks volumes with some curve flattening earlier this morning. We're back to normal there. Oil dashing. We're almost to $50 a barrel on Brent. Crude 49.30 on Brent. A little lower. West Texas Intermediate. 48.45, and I showed dollar strength with yen 109.44, and the euro was at 113 now, 112.72, a weaker euro this morning. Uh, there are always too many things to talk about with Ian Bremmer, and I guess it's wonderful to do this on a moment where the queen is speaking, all the pageantry and parliament, and I believe she's wearing a crown that goes back to Queen Victoria, 1838. Henry Kissinger talks about a Westphalian world, which is a 19th century world, his classic book, Diplomacy, and all that. Is that just from a bygone era now? Is the Queen speaking to institutions that have to move on to something new? Uh, to a degree, she is. You know, I would say at Eurasia Group, we probably spend about 98% of our time right now still talking about central government states and the impact they the make Westphalian on the markets structure. around the world. And I think that in five years' time, that number is probably going to be 80%, and in the Middle East, that number might be 50%. We're going to be talking fundamentally about different actors that are going to be more important in these spaces. Some of them will be sub-national, regional right. actors. They'll be governors. And the like. Some will be religious leaders. Some of them will be CEOs. Some will be terrorist leaders. They'll be playing. I mean, fa states are failing across the Middle East, and it's not as if they're going to come back after we intervene. I mean, Syria and Iraq are fictional concepts uh, in the 21st century. They no longer exist. And virtual borders and virtual communities are arising well, with the help of technology that are much more powerful. As you will, eight ways to go here. Let's rip up the script. Sykes-Picot, I believe, an anniversary a few days Just ago. turned 100. That's Just right. Yeah. 100. And yeah. it's charming and tragic when you look at the scenes of Syria or you look at the scenes here, there, or everywhere, are those borders forever gone? You know, the Cultural Revolution yesterday just turned 50, and if you asked me which of the two probably has more durability, I'd focus on China. Uh, and it's, mm -hmm. it's the right question to ask. Uh, the the Sykes-Picot, we, we set up these borders, and they worked for a time. They were frozen instability in the same way that the Soviet Union was. In the case of the Middle East, it was because they had security support from the U.S. and the Europeans because they they had a lot of money that came right out of the ground, and because their populations were pretty quiescent despite the fact that they were badly governed. All three of those things don't exist anymore. 
And so, of course, uh, that means that the borders aren't going to make a lot of sense. And the ability of these governments, even countries like Saudi Arabia, to maintain true control of right. their populations just is not what then, it used then to Then how do. does America show the flag? It speaks to Senator Sanders and Mr. Trump, a new definition of how we show the flag. We used to do it with military projection like we're doing with the Chinese in, uh, to the west of the Philippines uh, right now. But how do we show the flag in the new Ian Bremmer world? Uh, it's a smaller flag. Uh, we wave it a little bit less vigorously, and we wave it with larger numbers of players. I mean, the Iranian deal is the breakthrough that the Americans have had over the course of the last seven years that uh, not only brings oil prices down so it allows the Americans to care less about the Middle East but it also hedges the US in terms of relationships with different countries in the region which allows the Americans to care less about the Middle East given the theme here yeah. I mean the the fact is that the Middle East is could, broken could 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 the Iranian deal I'm gonna assume it would occur under President Hillary Clinton could it occur under President Trump uh, no, probably not, because I don't think Trump would have had uh, the fortitude to stick with something for yeah, such a long period of time. Because he gets bored, right? He just moves on with different yeah. issues. Now, let's see who is sex statism. I thought it was very interesting that John Huntsman, a good friend, uh, came out in favor of Trump a few weeks ago, so early, right? He didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. And clearly, I can't see him doing that unless he's thinking, well, I could be Secretary of State in the Trump administration. I can't under Hillary. That line is 10 deep. Um, you know, I mean, depending on who his cabinet is, there are plenty of Republican politicians that will line up to be a part of a Trump administration. If Trump says, you know what, I don't feel like dealing with this, you do it, then there are a lot of things that are feasible in a Trump administration. Ian Bremmer with us with Eurasia Group as we uh, consider our international relations. I think to keep it domestically here, and we'll talk about a lot of other things uh, through this half hour, is, is do we have a Clinton foreign policy, and what is the distinction of it versus the Obama foreign policy? Yeah, we do have one. Um, I mean, I think it's more that, of a hawk. Is it that simplistic? Uh, it's not just that simplistic. It, she's also is uh, more committed to traditional American alliances. I think that means across Asia. I think that means the Gulf states as well. It means Israel. I mean, she just about any leader you talk to in the world, leave aside Putin, leave aside Kim Jong-un, who probably likes Trump now that Trump says he'd go and talk to him directly about his nukes. But every other one is comfortable with the idea of Hillary Clinton as the next president. You right. don't have the negativity uh, that you do inside the United States. She's been on the scene for a long time. She's seen as a trusted mm -hmm. and competent pair of hands. People like Jake Sullivan as her national security advisor. Bill Burns as a probably secretary of state. Um, Michelle Flournoy in defense. Um, Lael Brainerd in Treasury. I mean, these are old, competent hands with right. a lot of, with big Rolodexes. Uh, Obama just, right now, you look at the Obama White House, they do not have that. Interesting as you was the first one who's really begun to bring out uh, names. If you're just joining us, Ian Bremmer with us with Eurasia Group. He celebrates a new member of his team, Callum Henderson, helping out in Asia on markets. Uh, Michael McKee, it's always important to talk to Ian about the, the swirl of stuff. Michael, what's front and center for you this morning? Well, you know, when you have the Fed minutes this afternoon, it's getting a lot of attention in the markets, and it kind of raises the question, Ian, of uh, these political candidates' Fed policy. I know Hillary Clinton hasn't said a whole lot about it, but Trump has uh, not only suggested that uh, he would replace Janet Yellen, but that uh, he might put at risk the full faith and credit of the United States. Given his pronouncements and given his inability to, to you know, stick to one policy or another, how much of a threat is that to uh, the U.S.? How seriously 
do people overseas take his talk about uh, the possibility of default and things like that? They take it slightly more seriously than we do um, because uh, they're not used to this type of, uh, of rhetoric coming out of the United States. Um, and I would say that in Europe and in Japan, you have people that hear his pronouncements on the international environment and do get a little bit skittish. Though, again, uh, I would say the majority uh, expect kind of business as usual from a country as large as the United States that's also as difficult to move. Um, but within the United States itself, I mean, I, I, the, the number of things that Trump says which are either unworkable, unconstitutional, profoundly stupid, or a combination of all three, I don't have enough fingers <laughs> on my smallish hands to count them. Um, and, and I don't think we should take them very seriously. In the same way that when people were concerned about default and debt mageddon in the United States, that we never should have taken it very seriously. Uh, you know, this is a guy that will say anything humanly possible to win, and that's fine. It works for his base. It is not clear that it works for those that are outside uh, of, 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 the, uh, of the really passionate uh, Trump, Trump voter group. Now, I do think that if, if he's able to get enormous turnout and if Hillary is not, life can get much more interesting well, and much closer. But for right now, the polls show them pretty dramatically apart. Yeah, uh, just quickly, um, there's been a lot of talk among Republicans who have come crawling to Donald Trump uh, in recent weeks that, well, we can change him. And there are others who say checks and balances in the United States will keep him from doing too much harm. Uh, how much truth is there in either of those statements? Um, we can change him. There's probably not much truth in it. Uh, we can get a job in a Trump administration where we can do well by ourselves and then we have some governance and voice. I think that is true. And, you know, let's keep in mind that Obama, who did represent a, a pretty radical departure, certainly from President Bush, but also from the last several presidents the U.S. had, is a first-term senator, first black president, um, you know, and obviously very socially liberal on a whole, you know, wealth of, of issues. But how much was Obama actually able to change policy? Now you have someone with Trump that would have a significantly greater difficulty, both in terms of his lack of acumen and how Washington works, as well as the acrimony among people in his own party. You think he's going to accomplish more than the limited yeah. amount Obama was? That's just ludicrous. But to yeah. be clear, Michael, Mr. Uh, Dr. Bremer would suggest Mr. Trump doesn't have a chance of winning. All right. Well, we'll come back and talk. Speaking of chance of winning, we got to talk about uh, Brexit. We'll come back with uh, Ian Bremer in just a moment from the Eurasia Group. I mentioned the Fed today. The two-year note yield trading at 84 basis points. If they raised rates, the top end of the range would be 75. So the two-year may be beginning to price in a move. The minutes out at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I'll be there. Listen here on Bloomberg Radio. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Volvo Cars White Plains. Visit volvocarswhiteplains.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest world and national headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. Hillary Clinton is claiming victory in the Kentucky primary, even though the vote is still very close. Her Democratic rival Bernie Sanders won Oregon. A wildfire that has burned for more than two weeks in Alberta, Canada, has circled back north of the town of Fort McMurray. It has delayed plans to bring back more than a million barrels a day of lost production in Canada's oil sands. The international rights group Human Rights Watch says atrocities by Libya's Islamic State affiliate have included crucifixions and shooting a man to death for cursing God. Human Rights Watch released a report today documenting scenes of horror 
that followed the militants' seizure of the Libyan city of Sirte in February of last year. The report says men were flogged for acts such as smoking or listening to music. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom? Thank you, Michael. Well, uh, the two-year note yield is higher, but futures are flat. S&P futures unchanged. Dow futures down six. This is Bloomberg Radio. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by SSNC. More experience, superior technology, independence, and expertise. That's how SSNC drives the future of fund administration. SSNC, they're the future of fund administration. Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by CGMA Chartered Global Management Account in the CGMA designation and program deliver critical skills your finance team needs to succeed. Learn more at CGMA.org slash radio. U.S. stock index futures. Little change this morning as investors await minutes from the latest Federal Reserve meeting for cues on the trajectory of interest rates. This after recent data fueled speculation of a hike as early as June. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. Again, futures that'll change. DAX in Germany down about two-tenths percent. So is the CAC in Paris. FT100 down four-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down three-thirty seconds. The yield 1.78 percent. NYMEX crude oil at four-tenths percent or 20 cents to 48.51 a barrel. COMEX gold down a tenth of a percent or a dollar 40 to 12.75.50 an ounce. The euro a dollar 12.83. The yen 109.34. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Uh, Karen, thank you so much. Michael, I believe it's the Diamond Jubilee State Coach. I may be wrong, but that was a six-horse-drawn carriage that the Queen used on her 80th birthday. I think maybe that's the carriage they use today. It's part of the Royal Collection. Ian Bremmer came up Lexington Avenue today in the surveillance coach. That's the one with the mice pulling. Yeah, we had the mice, 12 <laughs> mice pulling it this morning. Pumpkin. His glass slipper fell off up in the food court. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is, uh, I mean, for the markets, it's all about, at this point, Brexit. Even for the Fed, it's about Brexit and whether or not it goes ahead. You saw a huge reaction uh, in the currency markets this morning. The British pound soaring after a poll came out uh, that showed the stay side, remain in EU side with a 55 to 37 percent leave. What's your gut feeling about how it's going to go uh, and whether or not it's going to be close enough to affect markets by the time we get to June 23rd? Look, it's, it's easy um, to uh, to say I think they're going to stay because the uncertainty tends to play in favor of that as it did in Scotland, as it has in Quebec, as it has in many of these issues. But Cameron's not done a great job making the economic argument convincing. And Europe, an attachment to Europe, looks worse and worse every single day. It's There's a security issue that the Brits feel, whether or not it's real, they feel it. Um, the refugee crisis is not going away. Reliance in Germany on countries like Greece and Turkey, which are the last countries in Europe you'd want to rely on to get deals done. Um, th- those things all make saying, let's stick with these guys, um, a pretty damp squib. Um, and so I think that the passion and the turnout is going to be for the Brexit vote. 
Also, of course, the English don't want to stay in. The Scots, Northern Ireland, the Welsh, they do. So Britain is already an enormously divided country. Uh, you know, I think there's a decent chance if turnout ends up being low, you could end up with the Brits out. And the problem is that this isn't over, that if they vote to leave, um, you're immediately going to have a call from Boris Johnson and others to have another vote, but that other vote will be um, with a new EU deal um, that the Europeans may or may not be willing to countenance. They won't a say Norway they will. kind of deal. Exactly. And if they stay in, um, it's not as if this is the only referendum we're going to see from the Brits. The, the issues are, will continue. The concerns will continue. So Europe is, Europe is not in a sustainable place right now. Um, and, and the markets, even if it turns out that the markets get a little bit more comfortable depending on where the polls are when we get to June 22nd, um, I don't think that uh, the Brits will be out of the woods in either circumstance uh, on this issue. Is, uh, is Angela Merkel sort of in the position of being the uh, little chancellor with her finger in the dike where she's trying to plug holes constantly and nobody can actually step back and say, how do we fix this in a macro sense? Uh, she has to focus more on her domestic politics. She has real opposition now um, on the refugee issue. She has real opposition on a stronger EU. Populism is growing in Germany, absolutely. And while there's no threat uh, that you're going to have a national front-type government in Germany, you couldn't get those numbers, uh, Merkel does feel like she has to play more to a populist domestic platform. Um, And and that, of course, given that she has been the leader for Europe since the 2008 financial crisis, that makes all of these things more in play and weaker. And I'm going to respectfully suggest that it's my cluelessness about migrants and refugees. The issue is not dropped off the radar. Is there? Give us an update on the dynamics of the migrant refugee crisis in Europe. Sure. Um, well, uh, the uh, the Syria war we had an, a nominal ceasefire, though it excluded, of course, ISIS and Al Nusra in Syria. It's now unwinding to the extent that the Americans are talking about airdrop of humanitarian support um, in Aleppo, which is massively, incredibly expensive and also very inaccurate. Um, the, the, the Syria war will persist. More refugees will come. Uh, for the time being, the Turks are you know, basically standing up to better security with the 2.5 million refugees they have in that country, but that's not going to persist. So I think that the refugee numbers will start going up into mainstream Europe. It's going to create another Greek crisis over the coming months. And the real question will be, um, does that then spill over across into continent, a mainline continental Europe? And I think the answer is no. Over time, it's not that Schengen, the Schengen Agreement on Freedom of Transit will be dead. It's that it will only work in core Europe, where they are defending their borders, uh, and places like France and Germany and the Netherlands, and in Southeast Europe, um, it won't hold, um, and you'll end up with a very big distinction between the core and periphery economically. Ian uh, Bremer, thanks for coming in this morning. Um, Tom, it's, uh, it is going to be a most interesting rest of the year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. On the Sterling move that Mike mentioned, I'm just putting out on Bloomberg Radio Plus, uh, that Sterling move placed in the context of two standard deviations. It's actually an extremely elegant technical bounce off any number of levels of support towards a stronger Sterling, weaker uh, dollar. 
but nowhere near is it excessive. Excessive right now, an excessive move on sterling, just as one interpretation, would be a 146.50, and we're a solid big figure away from that, Michael. We've moved up, stronger sterling, but need quite a, a move to go to really break out into new strong sterling territory. So I'd leave it at that. Well, uh, the, that poll <clears throat> that uh, moves sterling has not excited equity investors. The FTSE is down 23 yeah. points, four-tenths of a percent. Michael McKee, Tom Keene, worldwide, coast-to-coast, Bloomberg 1200 Boston, 99.1 Washington. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Fordham University, the Gabelli School of Business Executive MBA, top-ranked with a renowned professional network. Classes in Columbus Circle or Westchester. Learn more at fordham.edu slash EMBA.